From WGBH in Boston, you're listening to Ground Truth, human stories from the front lines. What happens when you live in one country but dream in another? I'm Charles Sennett, founder of the Ground Truth Project. In this third episode of our series called The New American Songbook, we bring you the story of Vladimir Mead, a young immigrant with a dream that's big, but maybe not that uncommon. It's a dream of being up on stage under the bright lights with thousands of adoring fans. The catch is that he doesn't just want to make it big in Boston, where he lives. He wants to make it big in Haiti, where he was born. Here's reporter Ian Koss. From his seat at the back, Vlad can see the whole crowd spread out at banquet tables around a stage. Before he gets up there, he likes to get a read on the room. Right before I go on stage, I said, I'm going to see when they call my name, how the crowd is going to react. Then boom. All right, so this next artist we got coming to the stage, ladies and gentlemen. Before I mentioned, I mentioned HMI. What that stands for is the Haitian music industry. This next artist is top number one in HMI. What that means is this brother walks through the streets of Boston so humble you wouldn't even tell that he's, he's, he's sort of a big deal. So what I need y'all to do is give it up for my man, Master Brain. That's Vlad's artist name. Once I hear that, that whoo, he's coming. I'm like, okay, good, I got it. Vlad jogs up the metal steps to the stage. It's in this long campus ballroom, well lit. The kind of room that feels empty no matter how many people are in it. It's nowhere near full today. Needless to say, this is not the stage that Vlad has been dreaming of. I mean, how could it be? Vlad is dreaming of performing in Haiti. Man, imagine in Haiti where Master Wayne is like an idol to them. When they call my name on stage, I think I'll have to share a couple of tears, like, you know what I mean, for like a bit. When they call my name in Haiti, because I know it will be big. I know that. I grew up in Las Caobas. Uh, that town, it's how I describe it, is just there's there's no other place in the world that I feel like that's as beautiful as much as Las Caobas is because, you know, it's the peace, the songs that we played, the food, oh God, the girls, oh man. Vlad loves his hometown. He left when he was 17 and hasn't been back in the 10 years since. But he holds on to that memory of Las Caobas. It's like his personal oasis, hidden away from the world. That's, that's somewhere you can go and live your life. That probably even the government don't know about. That's how smart it is. Does that, does that feel like home to you still? What, what do you call home, if somebody asks? That's, that's, that's a good question. Wow. You know why Las Cowboys is still home to me? It's because um, when I'm here, I do what I have to do. But if I go back to Las Cowboys right now, I'll do what I want to do. As you listen to him speak, you can probably tell that Vlad takes his words seriously. I mean, he's a rapper, so words are his business. When I ask a question, he'll pause to think. Mm-hmm. 
And then when he finishes talking, he's often not sure if his point got across. So he'll say something like, I don't know if you get it. And I'm never sure if he's asking me if I understand or simply telling me that I don't. I try to imagine him arriving in Boston as a teenager, showing up at school with that big toothy grin, but not a word of English. How frustrating that would be for someone who puts so much thought into what he says. But rap music became a way in to English and to American culture. Jay-Z, you know, Eminem, Lil Wayne, you know, if I ain't doing nothing, I'm about to call nine days, five o'clock, and I come and get your money, little duffel bag. Well, I was like, oh, this. But I didn't even know what they were saying, you know? After high school, Vlad started posting his own freestyles on Facebook. And online, he didn't have to worry about his English. Yo. His friends, his family, his idols, they're all Haitian. They were into the HMI, the Haitian music industry. And that's where he wanted to be, too. So he rapped in Creole. I was doing it for my long, but no one pays me no mind because I was talking about nonsense, you know. But one day, I did one about something serious. Press the record button, I let the hook ride, and then boom. How do I put it in English? Like, I'm talking a long way. It's like, I came from uh, very far, but I'm going farther, some, something like that. That freestyle went up in 2015. And then people started sharing that, you know. And then boom, next thing you know, I couldn't accept no more friends on my regular personal page. And then we created the fan page, and the next thing you know, 2,000 people, 3,000 people, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000. Now it's 24,000, and we're like, oh, shoot. And just like that, Masterbrain had fans from Montreal to Miami to Port-au-Prince, all without ever playing a show or putting out a record. And of course, without ever setting foot in Haiti. At least, not yet. Looking at those early videos he posted, a lot of them have over 50,000 views now. One from last year has almost 200,000. Those numbers are hard for me to imagine. I mean, thousands of total strangers stumbling upon your video and their Facebook feeds. I think it's hard for Vlad to imagine, too. In Boston, he can walk the streets and no one knows who he is. He just knows that somewhere out there, he is or will be a star. But like the song says, he has a long way to go. The first time I met up with Vlad to do an interview, he'd just gotten back from an out-of-town show. He was spending the night at a hotel on the outskirts of Boston, and he still had his own personal security guard with him from the trip. The second time we meet, we're at an office building in Boston's Back Bay, where Vlad works as a security guard. You see the job that I'm at right now? If you have that yellow badge, it means you have full granted access. When you have that black badge, it's shows that you work here. I think it's safe to say that the side job is a universal fact of musical life. Musicians everywhere have to eat. But for a young artist in HMI, even one with tens of thousands of fans, the side job is also a full-time job. I always get 40 hours a week. But sometimes if I don't have anything going on with the music situation, I just get overtime. 
you know, stay overnight and stuff. When you're working an eight-hour shift, what do you do to keep yourself entertained? Music, just right. If I have a nice melody coming into my head, I record it on my phone because there's nothing really to do because you already know everybody in the building. You know who have a badge. So basically, I'll be doing music. I'll be at work working. Sitting in this lobby, dressed in his black security guard uniform, Vlad first tells me about his two dreams for this year. One is for his family. It's your basic American dream. You know, the family, you know, that's the most important thing in life. So, yeah, we're hoping to buy a house in Milton. That's, that's why, you know, I work a little bit more than when I didn't have to buy a house. The other dream was for himself. Vlad had just been featured on a hit single by a popular Haitian band called Gabel. They're going on tour this summer, and Vlad was going with them. That's what they promised me. We started from Boston, Jersey, Connecticut, Margate. Then we go to Canada. Then August, we go to Haiti. You know, it's exciting. That's basically my first time going to Haiti since I came. First time in 10 years, yeah. This is that song he recorded with Gabel. It's called Paca Fe Petit. And it's all about a young couple struggling to have a child. It's a somber story. And in the video, there's shots of the band cut with shots of burning baby toys and sippy cups. Then halfway through the song, Master Brain enters and the tone shifts. The whole song is building up to this line in Vlad's verse, Map Kembe Yes. Literally, I'm holding on to yes, but he means I'll keep my promise. That line, Kembe Yes, it's the slogan for Gabel's summer tour. They've already printed it on t-shirts, but Masterbrain wrote the line. Just a week later, Vlad posted a video on Facebook that somebody had recorded of a whole crowd of kids in Haiti singing his line. I sent him a quick text saying, wow, looks like KMBS is blowing up this summer. He texted right back, OMG, it is. I need to go to Haiti ASAP. August it is. You can get a direct flight from Boston to Port-au-Prince for a few hundred dollars. It takes four hours. The plane takes off right after breakfast and you land in time for lunch. I know because I booked a ticket right after that text exchange. I wanted to be there when Vlad got up on stage for the first time. But it also made me wonder, why has Vlad never made the trip before? It's so close. And the more time I spent in Vlad's world, the more I had to wonder. You see, Vlad may live here in Boston, but everywhere he goes, there are reminders of where he's from. One Sunday, Vlad gets off from an overnight security shift and heads straight to a soccer field in Hyde Park on the southern edge of Boston proper. Music is not even my best talent. I think soccer is. All the other players are Haitian too. And like Vlad, they're tuned into the HMI. After the soccer game, we stop for lunch. Haitian restaurant, Haitian crowd, 
and more soccer too. Even when we stop for gas, the station attendant starts speaking to Vlad in Creole right away, without Vlad having to say a word. And I should be clear, this is not an all Haitian neighborhood. It looks like any other commercial strip of outer Boston. Chinese restaurants, liquor stores, Dunkin' Donuts. But the way Vlad moves to the neighborhood, it's like every sign points back to Haiti. Haiti's on my mind. Yeah. Haiti's on my mind a lot. But it's like more like nervousness and stuff. Yeah, sorry. Like, damn, I'm really going there. Man, what are you going to tell the people when you get the mic? As we drive, Vlad puts on a new track he's been working on for his album. There are 10 songs in all, one for each year he's been in the United States. The album is called Dix Ans Après, 10 years later. But wait, when I come from Haiti, that's when I'm going to call you. When I throw some money, let's go to some money. Because when I come from Haiti, that's when the business will be popping. It's crazy how you have to go to Haiti first to really make it in the HMI. Why do you have to make it in Haiti to make it here? Why can't you just go and make, make money in Florida and New York and call it a day? Um, to tell you the truth, the money is really here. Right? But people from here, they have to see. Because I don't know, the vibe is in Haiti. If people in Haiti are feeling your vibe, you will get people here to feel your vibe too. Then they will come out to see you and enjoy your show. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. What he's saying, or what I think he's saying, is that the U.S. is really the place to play big shows and sell records, because this is where the money is, with Haitian Americans. But the vibe is still in Haiti, so... No one here is going to pay attention to him unless they can see he's already big back in Haiti. It's no wonder he's nervous about this trip. The way he sees it, there's real money at stake. But there's also something else. We stop for a visit at Vlad's cousin's house. Uh, I am Mitsuka Exotus. And at Mitsuka's, we finally have a chance to talk about why Vlad has taken so long to return to Haiti. The two grew up together in Las Caobas, so she understands how he feels about the place. I just cannot not go to Haiti. (laughs) You know, there's this refreshing feeling that you you experience only home. You know, Vlad hasn't been back. How unfortunate, I tell him all the time. How unfortunate. I ask how does he survive this? But I guess to each their own strength. The way Mitsuka sees it, Haiti is the source of Vlad's lyrics, of his talent. So I ask him how does he do it, not going back. He needs to go. He needs to go. If he doesn't go... I'm literally not going to be his friend. (laughs) I give him a year (laughs) to go back. We're sitting at Mitsuka's kitchen table. And at this point, Vlad comes into the room. He's still in his soccer jersey, fresh off the field. Mitsuka's in a pink bathrobe and just finishing up a late breakfast. I'm not sure if it's the best moment to press on with this conversation, but we're all here. How come Mitsuka has been back 
almost every year to Haiti and you've never been back to Haiti. Why don't you go together? Uh, the, the Haiti thing, right? Here's my thing with Haiti. So I have all these people waiting for me. So I have to bring something back. That's how I see it. I'm not going to just go on vacation. Before, when I was nobody, I could have just go to Haiti. But now, I'm like, boom, master brain. So now, it's like, it's kind of different now, you know? What do you think? Well, now that I'm hearing this out, I don't, I don't think we've ever really mm-hmm. had this Talk conversation. Because I'm, I've always been, you need to go. The people want to see you. Make it home, you know? They, they simply want to see you. They're not necessarily waiting for something back, but they want to see this guy who's from one of them, who looks like all of them, mm-hmm. who've been through most of what all of them has been through, and now this is who he is through hard work and his talent. And why not just go back and reassure these kids that are watching you from afar that this is possible for them? But now that he's explain i would say i respect his decision way more now (laughs) now i'm not going to get mad at him (laughs) somehow in all this vlad never mentions to mitsuka that Mm -hmm. he and i are actually going to haiti in just a few weeks in fact it doesn't come up at all until we're on our way out the door (laughs) in fact when you're going back i want to be with you that whenever you're going back I'll make myself available. Vlad is already down the uh, steps, but he shouts up casually that he'll land in Haiti on July 28th. When were you going to tell me? Now, he says. Uh, I can't go. It's too soon. With just a few weeks until his Haiti debut, Vlad sets off on a warm-up tour with Gabel. That's the band he did the Kembe Yes song with. They kicked it off here in Boston, and it took the opportunity to meet his potential audience, the people he's counting on to make him a star, hopefully make him rich. Here are some of the people I met that night. Master Brent is real good. He can flow both sides. He can flow in Creole and English. So he knows how to I think he's a rapper, right? And I think he's featured in one of Gabriel's songs. That's the first time I heard him. I have heard him. I have heard his stuff. Very good. Looking forward to hearing him. Do you know Master Brain? No, not sure. No. Is he a Haitian band? The kid got a lot of talent. The kid is amazing. Like, I remember last year he posted this video of people posting comments on a Facebook Live and was just freestyling over everything. Do you follow a lot of Haitian artists? Of course. (laughs) Only listen to Haitian music. That's it. It's our communities that we support it. You're gonna see a lot of people coming in tonight. The concert itself is a perfect illustration of how the HMI operates in a city like Boston. You see, there are no dedicated Haitian music venues. So what you have instead are individual promoters who rent out different spaces around town. The Wonderland Ballroom out on Revere Beach, the Gilt Nightclub downtown, The show tonight is in a pretty generic event hall in Brockton, about an hour outside the city. White walls, drop ceiling, beige curtains. One room over from the Gabel concert, there's a Sweet 16 party going on. At about one in the morning, Gabel starts the last song of the night, the one everyone has been waiting to hear, 
Hakafe Piti. This is Master Brain's big moment, and I can see him pacing at the side of the stage, waiting for the band to call his name. The room itself is not so different from that campus ballroom where I first saw him perform, but the energy couldn't be more different. Vlad bounds up the back of the stage. He knows the crowd is with him, so he jumps into his verse. As soon as the song ends, the fluorescent lights in the ceiling come on, and we're back in the generic event hall. White walls, beige curtains. Vlad is taking selfies with the crowd, but I grab him for just a second to see how he's feeling. This is nothing compared when I go to Haiti. It's going to be ten times crazier than that one. Then Vlad is back out in the crowd. I don't talk to him for a few days, but he sends me videos from his other shows. In New York, then in Montreal. The stages are even bigger, the crowd is bigger, the response is bigger. But I know that Vlad is still waiting for another crowd and another stage. Maybe it's set up on a dusty soccer field at night. There's probably a generator running to power the speakers and vendors walking around with bottles of rum. The air is hot and thick and the show doesn't start till after midnight. That's because this stage is in Haiti. All right. So, what is it? It's August 14th. Late last night, I get this text from Vlad. Hey, in bad, 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 bad news. Uh, yada, yada, yada. The tour has been canceled. Not Gabel's tour, but my tour. We can meet up and talk about it when I see you this week. So... Uh, that's all I know, and I'm going to give Vlad a call, see what's going on, because we're supposed to be meeting in Haiti in about nine days. <clears throat> Hello? Hey there, Vlad? Hey, how you doing? I'm doing okay, how are you? Uh, not, not so good, you know, so, so that. We canceled, like, it's bothering me a little bit, you know? What? So what happened? Uh, It's more like reality than, 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 than like, fantasy, you know, like, everywhere I go. The first part of his explanation me, you know, is not so surprising. Basically, Gabel said they couldn't pay for Vlad to come to Haiti. He was welcome to tag along, but it was on him to make it happen. Turns out, he even had to pay for his own trip up to Montreal and find his own hotel. So much for Kembe, yes, for keeping your promise. But then Vlad tells me something I'm not expecting. I'm at a point of my life where, like, I have to take a step back because I am currently, like, expecting another baby, you know, so 
This is news to me, but I guess about a week ago, Vlad's wife told him that she's pregnant. So I'm thinking about going to Haiti to go spend all that money to go present myself to the to the to the people, to my country, to La Salle, everywhere. I can take that money and 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 and, and support my family. Feel me? Yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't even say this, but congratulations! You're you're having a, another child. Yeah, thank you. I know. I didn't. I wanted to tell you when 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 you come um, to the new home, but um, it's too quiet in there. I'm a, That's the other piece of news. Vlad and his wife just closed on a house. It's close to where they've been living, but just outside the city lines, in a pretty wealthy suburb called Milton. Safe streets, good schools. Vlad was especially excited for his two girls to have music and art classes. His American dream is coming true. I asked him about his other dream, the one he had for himself in Haiti. You said you felt like it was like a fantasy. Do you mean that just like that whole dream of of going and doing the tour kind of feels like a fantasy now? I mean, it's been like 10 years now. Every time coming to go, right, something happened. Like now, my wife is pregnant again. And then I feel like to leave that behind and and go and go chase that. But you know, I can't there's some stuff I can't stop, you know, it's God himself doing it. Like my wife just she's pregnant for real. You know, and, and I hope it's a it's a boy this time. That right there was enough for me not to go anymore. And then he hits me with that line again. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Do you feel like you'll you'll go this year or next year, or or do you do you feel like maybe you you'll like let go of that that dream? Um, I will never let go of that dream because I know if I do that, I will not only kill my dream. I will kill my family's dream that where they saw me when I first started. When nobody see me there, like I would kill their dream, and I would kill my friends' dream. They dreaming to see me, they dreaming to touch me. So I would not let go of my dream. I would go to Haiti eventually, and that's a promise. In case you missed it, he said, "I will go to Haiti eventually," and that's a promise. For a second there, I really thought about going to Haiti without Vlad. I already had my ticket, and it kind of felt like that's where the story had to end. But then a day passed. Vlad and I made new plans to meet up at his house. That fell through, so we made another plan. Vlad put out a new single, he picked up extra shifts, he had a fight with his wife, went to stay with his mom. In other words, life happened, and it happened here. That was Ian Koss reporting. This episode of Ground Truth was edited and produced by Rachel Rohr, Heidi Shin, and Ian Koss, with additional help from Kainat Khan and Marilyn Halter. Thanks also to Phil Rado, Bob Kempf, Doug Sugertz, and John Ryan at WGBH. Funding for this project comes from Mass Humanities. I'm Charles Sennett, the executive editor. We'll be back in a few weeks with the next episode of the New American Songbook on ground truth.
If you're searching for something new to listen to in the meantime, check out Crossing the Divide. It's our daily podcast that takes you behind the scenes of a cross-country reporting trip. Five reporters looking at issues that divide us and stories that unite us across America. Find Crossing the Divide wherever you listen to podcasts.